Welcome back to Wedlocked and Loaded. Wed, wed, wedlocked and loaded. You women. Do not lump us all in one category. You know so you girls, so you girls. And lie and stress the truth. You and try girls. to get us jammed up. First of all, I'm a whole ass woman, right? Think about no that. No disrespect. Sounds like it to me. So why can't y'all, why, what is it with men that they just can't walk away? Walk away. Depends how good it is. You don't want to give that away. You don't want to give that away. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to a live edition of Wedlocked and Loaded. Huh? Are you critiquing already? A little bit. Nice. Um, so I am Daniel Laurent. And I am Leah Nicole. Blah, blah, blah. I got smoke with her. And if you all haven't heard um, today's episode, then, you know, you can check it out for yourself. But I definitely have some smoke with her. Ain't no smoke, baby. Definitely smoke. So anyway, let's get right to it. So for for one, and I hate giving like disclaimers and all that stuff. Um, the audio I think is great, but the video with our guests might be a little choppy, like every two seconds it might freeze. But the main point and the 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 conversation and the information you will not miss out on. So I just wanted to give everyone um, you know, a little for claimer. This is the first time you use a stream yard. So why are you you're talking. It's a habit. Go ahead. Jesus. So this is the first time you use a StreamYard, so hopefully this is good. Everyone out there in social land, you can watch on Wedlock and Loaded Facebook and Instagram. Are you going to check? Good job, babe. Don't do that. A, a, keep, keep, keep going. A for F. Keep going. All right. So and on Instagram, it gives us the hour cutoff, so we want to make sure that we're we get right to it, get right to the meat and potatoes, pause. And then, um, yeah. So we want to bring in our guest, um, the woman of the hour, Mrs. LaKenya Rivers, founder and all around awesomeness person who created Family Movement. So we want to bring her in now. Let's see if this works. Five, four, three, two, one. And you're live. Always wanted to do that. <laughs> Actually, good. Okay. All right. You can hear us, right? Yes. Hi. And thank you so much, Leah and Daniel, for this awesome um, opportunity to just share a little bit about who we are and what we do. Me first. Not, I mean, you know, <laughs> she's, she's a byproduct. I love it. This is what marriage is about. So I love the realness. <laughs> yeah. I, I wish someone would have told me that because I could have. You knew before you walked in, baby. So stop playing. Anyway, <laughs> welcome to Kenya. <laughs> Thank you. Welcome, so, welcome. Um, let's let's dig right in. So I want the people to know if they do not know, you know, before we get into the program itself, and then we have another special guest going to join us shortly. What um, tell us your story, I guess, that brought you to before even creating this idea that that you created? Absolutely. So family movement, for those that do not know um, who I am and what I do and how this came about, um, it stems from my own life experiences of being in a homeless shelter as a teen mother. I was uh, 17 years old uh, when I got pregnant and 18 when I had my daughter and was living with family members, aunts, um, my, my dad, my mom was a substance abuser. And so I often uh, ran away from home because I just did not um, agree with the drinking and you know the substances that she used that 
would ultimately kind of um, uh, force my ability to be a, be a loved child. Um, so I always ran away. And then once she got sober again, I would run back home. So, I mean, I was definitely a runaway child from 14 to 16 and then got pregnant. Um, but I realized that once I got pregnant, I did not want that for my daughter. And those that know her, she is doing her own thing. She's, you know, striving with her business. Um, but I was, she was three months when I moved into the homeless shelter and I was determined. While I was in there, I got all of the essentials that I needed. Um, and I'll share a little bit about this particular shelter in a second. But I worked, I went to school, I did everything that I needed to do maternal wise um, for 11 months. And then I got my own apartment. So I was on section eight um, for 11 um, after the 11 months of me being in the shelter and immediately got custody of my sister. So my sister was going through the same thing that I went through. And so here I am, 21 years old, um, you know, after leaving shelter, 21 years old um, with a two-year-old at the time. And then my sister was 13 when I got custody of her. And I was like, oh my gosh, how am I going to do this? But I did it. I went to Northeastern University. I, um, you know, had a job as um, an insurance um, agent at the time. Um, and then right then and there, family movement was birthed because I realized that here I am, I'm raising my daughter, I'm raising my sister, I can do this. So now I want to go back into the homeless shelter and just share my story. And so shared my story and in 2008, that was the vision. 2009, I realized, oh, you have questions? Yeah. I'm, I'm just going. Well, first, <laughs> you know, and I Thank think it you. shows the power and it, it's, it's, it may sound cliche, but I think it shows the power of a strong black woman, right? And how obstacles present Right. And depending on your makeup, you either fold or you rise to the mm -hmm. challenge. And um, and I think you're getting more into I think you're you're progressing to the point of family movement. But I just find it interesting that instead of overcoming. Right. And, and then figuring out your way and maybe wanting to go back and offer words and encouragement, you want to actually create and take action to help. And so I Absolutely. wanted to, yeah. So explain that process. Like why? Yeah. I realized that because my, my home was stable and this is what we, um, we do with family movement. Um, because my home was stable, I needed to now pay it, pay it forward, go back mm -hmm. to the shelter. And so when I did, I realized that these moms, wanted self-love. And so um, we started doing makeover events and, you know, different types of services inside the shelter with no money, no funding, just getting people to help. And then I realized, okay, we need to form an organization, which I honestly, everyone, I did not have you know, any thought, any idea to form an organization at all. This is nothing but God. And I realized that when I went in, got the application and we became a 501c3 in one year. 
And that was nothing but God. And the word family is broken into acronyms. Forgiveness. I forgave my mother from all of the hardship of a teenage runaway. Um, And the A stands for acknowledgement. Acknowledge where you are and where you want to go. The M stands for motivation. Have others motivate you to get to the next level that you need to get to. Um, The I stands for inspiration. Allow others to inspire you so that you can inspire someone else. And then the L and the Y, which is what we originally went into the shelter with, was loving yourself. Um, You cannot let nobody else love you if you do not love yourself. And so that word family is strong. It's bolded. It's, um, you know, as you can see, it's, it's highlighted in big letters. And it's a movement, right? It's a movement. We don't just make moves in our families by ourselves. We have to do it with us and then have others help too. You have. I do have something to say. Um, and so I think um, you kind of hit the nail on the head. I was recently, I recently was reading something where it talked about, it talked about trauma, right? You know, you can either do two things with trauma. You can either be continuous, you can either become wounded or you can stay wounded. You can continuously stay wounded or you can become, you can become wise and use those lessons from that trauma to actually produce something else and become something greater. Right. And your story and what you have done with family movement um, and just the initiative of it, right? Like you didn't let, you didn't let your trauma um, take control over who you were destined to be and what you were destined to be and, or do, right? Like instead of feeding that, instead of feeding that negativity, you turned that into something positive and not just for you, but for those that are um, around you. And I applaud you for that. Thank you. Thank you. And, you know, Look on. No, I was just going to say that, you know, it's uh, we are eliminating generational poverty, generational curses. And, um, you know, through our Pillars of Success program with Family Movement, we're building generational wealth because we know that it stems what you know, what you learn. It stems from your past. And I am like 100 percent. Yes, I did not, you know indulge in any substances, but the runaway, I did not want my daughter to experience that. Now I have two sons. I have two bonus daughters. So five kids all together. None of them will ever experience what I've experienced in the past. I have a question of, um, so I did have a question about was it a nonprofit? So you answered that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna veer off a second. So creating a nonprofit, I have I have Area. I have some experience. <laughs> yeah, I have some so a nonprofit is very, very, very strenuous, tedious, uh, cross T's, dot I's, and then recross and then re dot, right? You gotta have board members and minutes and all that type of good stuff. Um who helped you along the way to like, or who advised you and you don't have to say their names, but who did you have as the, as the people you could lean on 
for support and guidance in this type of space? So I will first say that when you are starting a nonprofit, it has to be passionate and it has to be from the heart, right? And so, yes, it's tedious, it's long nights, early mornings. Um, and I had a mentor and the mentor had started this nonprofit in the church. And so in the church, I filled out the application, applied for everything, and I also helped once Family Movement got um, its 501c3, helped other people get their 501c3. Literally, you have your team. That's one thing. You start your finances and build your treasurer and, you know, set goals, um, what, whatever the vision was. And we didn't know that we would be where we're at today, um, what, 15 years ago, because we started, we got a 501c3 in 2010. Um but I think having the right people in place, someone that is a good note taker, someone that's good with finances, someone that is really, really good with helping push the vision out there, because I had no idea that it was going to be, you know, you need a board, you need staff, you need, you know, you need um, program services. You know, it starts with the city, the state, and then you know, the 501c3 is the IRS. So, mm-hmm. and we are officially tax exempt. And so as a person, I'm trying to think of how I can frame. All right. So say I'm in a situation, I found myself in a situation. Um, I hear of this program mm-hmm. and I go on the website, right? Cause you can see all the information is there. I see that there's like a submission form, um, but then there's like an info app. Is the submission form the most efficient way to delegate, you know, triage and services or is like, which is better? So yes and no. So the reason why we have an intake form right on our website, if anyone needs services, is because of the level of um, um, the process. Hmm. We don't want to help someone. Okay, let me back up. Family Movement is not a Band-Aid. We're not a Band-Aid organization. And so we want people to take the proper steps to get the help that they need. And we realize that when they go through those steps, intricately, they are taking the steps to be self-sufficient, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. Mm -hmm. Because normally you can go to any state website, RAF, for instance. RAF is uh, um, a government um, program that helps families with, you know, um, rental control or utilities or moving expenses. Mm -hmm. People fill out that application, they can get approved right away. And then they're going back to to apply again in another year or two. And so, yes, we utilize those as an uh, advocacy um, partnership, but we do not like to utilize those as a way to, we're not a Band-Aid. So we're not going to utilize those as, okay, I'm going to keep doing this. I'm going to keep applying because I know that I can get approved every single year and I have this amount of money. No, we want to make sure that these families are utilizing it for the worth and then they're still being self-sufficient. And if you had to split like down in a pie, right? 
um, what is the percentage of the time that you spend, you know, advocating? Because I know you have different partnerships and partnerships with Maha. Shout out to yeah. Maha. Um, you know, <laughs> delivering direct services, fundraising because you're nonprofit. So that money matching and all that stuff has to come from somewhere. So yep. what is the what is the percentage if you can, you know, say it or even compute it? Absolutely. So um, just to kind of sh share what it is that we do. So we start our services in the shelters. We're in the shelters and um, it's EA shelters. So there are various shelters. The EA shelters are uh, families or um, women, men with children. So family shelters. And so a lot of that time, we're actually having a shelter workshop while I'm on this podcast at the moment. And that is about maybe 45% of our time because we're going to various shelters in and around Massachusetts teaching our Pillars of Success program. Those families will do our workshops for six months. These shelters, even the one that I used to live in, contracted with Family Movement to do the services. That's at oh. uh, 360. And so um, as those families transition into stable housing, we work with those families. And so you'll hear from one of our families shortly um, who is currently in stable housing. Um, and then once they reach a certain level of success rate, yes, we do calculate success rates with our families. We are yeah, very yeah. impactful. Um, we move them. They don't have to purchase, but our goal is to get them to a level of stabilization where they can build their financial literacy to one day purchase a home. And so that stabilization and the advocacy is probably about 40% and then that home ownership is about like 20, like 10, 15%. And I'm probably doing the math, you know, a little bit um, incorrectly, but this, the shelter is just as important as the stabilization piece because the goal is to not get them back into that, um, that homeless setting. We want to stabilize them to move forward to building that generational wealth, which is homelessness to home ownership. Okay. And so when you talk about moving out of the shelter into, um, you know, a stable, stable home, what does that mean? Is that, is that, is that um, just moving out with no assistance, i.e. meaning no HUD, no Section A, or is that um, just simply moving out and being able to pay market rent? Right. So, you know, we are in a housing crisis right now. We have, um, migrants that have transferred here as well that right now, and I'm going to use the old acronyms because I cannot remember the new ones. So I'm going to keep it real. DHCD, which is the Department of Housing and Community Development, they are at capacity right now with shelters. Mm -hmm. So these families, yes, they do apply for Section 8, but not all of them receive Section 8. Um, so then while they're in shelter, we do have a housing workshop that we do where we partner with um, the city of Boston, the Boston Home Center um, and other agencies that will pour into uh, these families for the housing application. So 
these families might apply for an apartment where it goes according to their income mm-hmm. because the Section 8 wait lists are so long. Um, or they might even have a job that's enough where they can afford market rent. And in mm-hmm. those instances, and there's also um, home base. Home base is 18 months where a family can purchase, I mean, where they can rent um according to their income for 18 months. Mm -hmm. So that's where family movements started our home ownership because in 18 months, these families are going to be paying market rent. Market Mm -hmm. rent, as we know, is home ownership. Like that's, you know, the rent is really, really a mortgage. Right. Yeah. So I have a question with, um, and I see that the Martin family is here. We're going to bring them in in a second. Demographics wise, do you service, and maybe you answer this, but I just want to like be super clear on it. Do you service more women? Do you service men at all? Is it more family totality? Like what is, how does that break down? Absolutely. And we are so, 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 so proud to share this. So when we started this, it was single mothers, right? And so um, as we grew and as we kind of got our services more in the community, because we're at, we're vendoring at schools, at community centers, at property management companies, um, we realized that, okay, what we're doing, we can just replicate it. And so we have our first male who is right now in our home ownership. He's homeless, guys. He mm-hmm. has his family renting a room in a, um, a three-bedroom apartment. And so his family is all in one room. And he's in our home ownership course. So Maha is a part of this partnership, um, praying that we get him in his home very, very soon. So to answer your question, we started out with single moms and we are working with dads. We also have services for the elders as well. Mm. So it's a whole family dynamic. Because I always want to, you know, Leah always tends to be a little biased. I always want to make sure that, you know what I'm saying, I'm, I'm showing up for the man and making sure that, yes. you know what I'm saying? Because that's that. If I don't, then who will? Right, Leah? Watch your mouth. We got to show up for the guys. So, um, so as a segue, so I have a question. Um, how, how impactful, um, and substantial are domestic violence cases that you encounter and are working with regarding families? So a lot of our families do not open up, um, but when we do get families that do open up about their trauma and whatever their past situation is, a lot of them, they'll come to us and just say, hey, I need help, find an apartment. Mm-hmm. and. Um, they don't, we don't force a family to open up because our pillars, it focuses on mental stability, which is mindset, physical awareness. How are you being with yourself? Education, where are you with your level of education? Financial literacy, workforce development, and then youth enrichment. So we don't dig too deep into their drama unless, um, their trauma unless they share with us. But when they do share with us, I tell you, if we do not have our LICSW, any members of our team, our board that has that spec, that um, specific, um, 
certification specification that you know that expertise Mm -hmm. we are we're finding the expertise that we need for that particular family and you know I'm sure the Martin family will share that because we digged into so many different resources um, with the, I think it's Love Life Now Foundation, Stone House. You know, those are agencies that work primarily with DV victims. Um, And so we tap into every single partnership and resource um, for a family that experiences any type of trauma. So as a segue, I want to see, I, I believe that she is in the room. I want to make sure. Oh, and I see a little one too. All right. So, um, <laughs> all right. So I'll read, um, I'll read a brief cause you were kind enough to, um, send me something. So I wanted to just kind of read this as an introduction. So Martin family was introduced to family movement in 2016 for housing resources Shortly after she moved out of Boston and returned um, 2019 due to domestic abuse, family movement and other resources, including Baltimore State Attorney and Love Life Now, all helped move the Martin family of three back home safely. And in 2023, history repeated itself and she found herself in yet another um, abusive situation and realizing that enough was enough. She um, ended that relationship, changed and made some um, adjustments and now surviving to thrive, shout out to Tasha. Um, She realized enough was enough. And so she broke it off and is now peaceful and stable working on her self-love and goals. Family Movement is here to support the Martin family with their present and future goals. So without further ado, I want to bring in the Martin family. So let me see. Let's see. Five, four, three, two, one. Boom! I love it. Oh, it works. Round of applause. The crowd goes wild. <laughs> How are you? Hi. I'm good. How are you? Pleasure to meet you. And thank you for joining us. Thank you guys for having me. I see the little one in care less. Just like what's yeah. going on, guys. So <laughs> we we, talk, my head. we talked a little bit, um, and uh, Lakinya just kind of gave her story, um, and then what brought her to the point of creating family movement, mm-hmm. and brought you up as one of the success stories. And so I wanted to see if you would feel comfortable. I know I just did the intro, but that was my words and just kind of whatever, or my voice rather. Um, if you want to share your story or where you are now or what you hope to do, you know, going forward. Sure. Um, back in 2000 and actually 15, I became homeless. Um, I was living with my mom and my six siblings and I had a daughter at the time, only one child. Um, and we couldn't find an apartment. So I ended up going into a shelter, Margaret's house, um, it was rough, but I had a good support team there. I had a good support system, um, people that really helped me. And I was driven yeah. to provide my daughter, as LaKenya said, with a better life. I do have two sons now. Um, then in 2017, I got my apartment. So I was in a shelter for two years. I'm sorry. Um, I was in a shelter for two years. I got my apartment. They also helped me move there. They um, helped me get connected with RAF, um, which helped pay my security deposit and moving. 
expenses, um, as she did mention in 2019, they also helped me move back here due to experiencing domestic violence with my son, my middle son's father, um, which was a good help um, because I was out in Baltimore basically on my own with just me and my child's father. Um, and I didn't know how I was going to get back here. I just knew I needed to come. And, and did you... Well, so when you came back, was it was it a connection? I mean, I assume you weren't like googling, you know, agencies or organizations. Like, so how did you make? How did you connect with Lakenya or her team? Um, because I actually never disconnected with them. They have programs called Compass. Um, one of the programs that they also connected me with along the way is um, Compass, where they work with Boston Housing Authority. And the rent you pay goes into an escrow account so that when and if you're ready to buy a home, um, you can. They do other things such as helping with you building your credit. Um, so they have you know meetings regarding that. So I never actually disconnected from them. I held on to the resources that they provided, you know, budgeting. Yes. Sorry, one second. Um, one second. No. Well, so yeah, so we will. I, I love it. Yeah. See, the thing is, they can care less. Right. They can care less about what you're playing. <laughs> I love it. You are. Um, Oh, so on. I didn't have a disconnect with them. So I always stayed connected because they do have other resources besides just providing you with funds. Um, to help. No, can you get me a cup of tea, some water? Um, besides just providing you with funds, they, as, as she said, they really do stand on helping you become stable enough to be able to provide for yourself, your children, and, you know, not have to go back. So they definitely give you um, the tools, and it's definitely um, up to you to utilize them. I am a graduate of Compass, um, so I'm familiar with the FSS program. And um, thank you. I know what I know with Compass, and even the um, FSS program, the Family Self Sufficiency Program. There is, um, and I'm wondering, Lakinia, Family Movement does the same thing. Um, just in terms of setting um, setting goals, right? Mm -hmm. Like, was it hard for you to actually decide on which goals you were going to um, set for yourself? And then once you set them, was it hard for you to actually achieve them? So I haven't graduated Compass. Um, mm -hmm. There are a few goals that I'm still currently working on. Um, one of them, which I'm very proud of because... I had a huge hit to my um, credit score, making poor decisions when it came to like helping people out and co-signing for things that I shouldn't have because I was not educated at the time. Um, but I brought my credit score back up to 660 with the help of Compass and um, you know staying on top of making sure I make the payments like they do meet with me every three months or if I need it sooner. Um, one of them that is pretty hard because I had to move again due to domestic violence i did move again um is my savings um, and right now i'm not working i decided to leave my job not only because being a single mom of three and i have little support so me getting jobs and trying to commit is very hard but 
Um, I am in school to get my bachelor's degree in social science. So that's also another one of my goals. Um, and it was not hard. These are things that I've been working on alone by myself, but to have someone there to push and motivate me um, to really get it done is what helps. So it wasn't hard because these are goals that I already had. Um, choosing the goals, but completing them was a little hard because it's like um, sometimes I would doubt myself, and, you know, you kind of have a cheerleader, someone who's like, yeah, you can do it. Um, this needs to be done for you to get to the end result of what you want to be doing. Um, yeah. Now, let me ask you, um, and Lakenya, you can, I, I think you mentioned it already, but so dealing in a situation with the Martin family, right? So it's not, it's not just, and not to make light of it, it's not just homelessness. Mm -hmm. But there's the umbrella of domestic violence attached to it that has many different tentacles, right? It could be the abusive and it could be it could be physical, it could be emotional, it can be coercive, it can be all these different things. So as she's figuring out shelter and do I work this job or do I go to school, there's still the emotional part that you know she may deal with of not feeling adequate or good enough or why me or like is there support in place for that piece yep and that's where that mindset and the the m and the i and family come into place we are there to motivate we're the cheerleaders um we're we're inspiring okay let's do this okay are the children in daycare in order for you to continue on um to go back to work or you know those sort of things so we don't want to just be that um pusher we're trying to figure out where the barriers are. And as she mentioned, Compass Capital, we have so many partners because remember, we're impactful. So we have financial advisors, credit repair agents, um, you know, those barriers, once we identify them because of that trauma that is layering over, you know, trying to push that down that, okay, you cannot go forward. You're going to stay right here. No, we're going to pull in every single resource that we need to help her reach her goals. So, so what I, what I do realize is, and, and it's been interesting to see, it's your Wi-Fi, LaKenya. It's no is one it? else. Yes. Because, because the Martin family, I'm seeing every, every movement, <laughs> Frame by frame, I'm seeing I'm seeing a cup crush. I'm seeing a water ah. dribble. And when you talk, it's like, oh, 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 oh man, that's not good. I'm so, right but, next to the modem. No, but that's but that's fine. So um, so I wanted to say, um, you know, when it comes, so thank you again, um, Martin family, for for thank you sharing, right? Because I think part of when it comes to us. Aside from the political stuff that's happening, when it comes to us, there's so many intricacies and nuances that comes to our experience, right? And it's, it's, it's just, there aren't necessarily intentionalities in place to help. And everyone's at different spaces. And so for you to, to have the, the um, courage to speak, because most times when things happen, there's shame. We don't want to talk about it. 
you know, we're not sure how to talk about it. And, you know, I want to commend you, salute you. Thank you. Um, and, you know, for Leah and myself, we've been getting into a lot of different spaces regarding um, domestic violence in particular, right? And so, um, you know, Lakenya, I want to touch base with you offline also and just see if there's additional connections and things that can be made. Because the other piece that happens that's not so sexy is, you know, a, a 2 a.m. phone call. Okay. Or maybe if you have to go to court and someone's standing with you, oh my God, he's, he's <laughs> kids. Oh. I love it. So, so I'll leave it up to you and however you want to do. If you want to stay on or if you want to drop off, because I think being a parent sometimes they just can care less what you're planning. Yeah. Um, so I don't want to hold you hostage. So, I just want to say one thing um, before I go. Um, this is definitely different for me. I'm more of a person who. One second, Nehemiah, please. Yeah. I'm more of a. I'm more of a person. Sorry, one second. That um, I like to play the back end. I don't like too much attention. Public speaking is not my thing. It doesn't matter if it's two people or not. Um, I don't like it. It makes me uncomfortable. But I'm welcoming the un I'm welcoming the uncomfortable um, because it's a good uncomfortable. So um, just on the aspect of domestic violence, you heard from Lakenya, from myself. I wasn't in it once. I was in it twice. And um, everybody thinks it's hard to leave. It it takes a lot of willpower, a lot of thought. <laughs> it takes a lot of strength to leave and to want better. Because when you go through when you go through domestic violence, no matter what it is, I went through verbal and physical, and it's like you get you are tore down so bad that you feel like there's nothing there's nothing more out here for me. This is it. This is the best it gets, and I want to say it gets better. <laughs> it it really does get better, but it's all about your mindset and changing that mindset and getting out of that. Like there's nothing else. It's more, and I don't mean a man. I mean, there's so much more to life once you start to choose yourself. Mm -hmm. So you you said you said you said you said it all, right? You said it starts it starts with you, and I think that um, for a lot of um, victims and survivors, they have to know when that when is. They have to know what that why is. Right. And then they have to figure out that how, but, you know, not everybody has that support system. Right. And so um, I think it's, it's a, it's a blessing to, to be able to realize for yourself that it is time. It's a blessing to be able to realize for yourself to know um, it's not something that you can always do on your own, mm -hmm. you know, so for that, I commend you. I commend you for also pushing forward with, you know, trying to make um, something better for not only you, but for, for your children, right? Yeah. Your sacrifices are not going unnoticed. And, and they will be a great reward for you at More. the end. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. 
I will continue watching on Instagram, but I have two other kids, but the baby is the most clingy, so he's not going to let me sit on here. But I do thank you guys for having me. I really do. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. And sharing your story. You're welcome. Thank you, Lakenia. I love you. Love you. Bye-bye. So... <laughs> that's funny when you when this you is, have this is the connection that we build and you know we always thank the children and say thank you for giving us a little bit of mommy's time because mm -hmm. that's important you know when we're trying to help the parents in the evening time when it's dinner time like right now the shelters having their workshop and they could be doing dinner it's from 7 to 8 p.m Mm -hmm. And so we always thank the children. Thank you for giving us a little bit of the time. All right. So I have a question. I think that's before your question. Yeah. I think that um, I think that's dope, right? Because that in, that also encompasses the whole family. It's acknowledging, like, hey, yeah. we know that um, this is your person, and and this is this is your set time, right? You're at school all day. You know, now it's time to make make those connections with your with your parent and. And right now, because she's trying to do something that um, can improve not only her life, but, you know, their life as well. Um, at the end of the day, it's it's making them feel included in, in what's happening in the process. And I think that that's really important for them to for them to see, for them to understand and for them to know that they they, too, are um, an important aspect of this process. Right. And so. Um, we talked a little before we um, went live, but what I was researching is there's four different um, there's four different Tears. types of homelessness, at least according to someone. Mm -hmm. um, right. And I wanted to say these, and then you had there was actually like amendment to one of them. So mm -hmm. um, transitional homelessness, um, episodic homelessness chronic homelessness and hidden homelessness. Now, you said you deal more in the transitional homelessness. So if, if, can you explain that? Yeah. So the transitional homelessness is we might get um, an intake from someone who's currently homeless, like they're in their car, they are living with someone or I'll, I'll back up from the living with someone, but they are living in their car. Um, so at that point, we provide a resource um, to DHCD for them to apply for um, to the homeless coordinator. So that's the, and then the transition would be them going into shelter and then stable housing and then home ownership if they choose to purchase. So that's the transitional homelessness. Um, the chronic and the episodic, those are um, another form of homeless that kind of deal with kind of like a Pine Street, Rosie's Place. They deal with that type of um, homelessness. Um, and then the other one that you mentioned, we call it doubled up. Um, what's the other name of it that you hidden, called it? 
hidden hidden, hidden homelessness. These are individuals that live with family, friends, and they're kind of like in a doubled up situation. And so in those situations, we will um, provide the similar resource of homeless coordinator applying to Metro housing, going down to any um, housing authority and applying for um, Section 8 or just applying to any property management company and going according to their income um, to apply for housing. Okay. And so with that being said, um, are you, and, and maybe now my listening ears weren't working, um, okay. whatever. Um, <laughs> I love the dynamic. Love it. <laughs> For, are, are you um, solely working with, um, with individuals with young children or um, or individuals who have children who have uh, adult children that are on their own but now they find themselves in the situation mm. where they are coupled up you know sleeping on couches or um, wherever they can. So we probably have one or two of those situations. And in those cases, we provide the resources as if we would to any individual that comes our way. But our 100% focus is and has been um, single, now married um, family members with younger children. So like under 18. But we are seeing more so now our families that have been with us from the beginning, um, we've seen that their children are older, but we're encouraging them. You have to teach them what you know, teach them about mm. credit, teach them about the savings and, you know, the employment. Um, my daughter's 24 and she still lives at home. So, you know, we're teaching, we're teaching, um, you know, the children about, you know, workforce development, find and work something that you're passionate with, but make sure that it's going to help you make a living. Right, right, right. So, you had something. So, yeah, I know. Well, I guess, you know, we already said this, right? Like, the economy that we're in right now, like, it's, it's pretty tough, right? And just, just to, um, just to pay rent, you know, <sighs> you have to work two to three jobs, right? Yeah. To, to just, you know, have a roof over your head that you barely sleep in. Um, but just to make ends meet, you know, you have to work, you have to, you have to work. And so I, I was asking more so just because I do know, I know a few people who have, um, lost one job, found, found another and, you know, it's just not, it's not enough. It's not enough. You know, it's not enough to make the, it's not enough to make ends meet and, and they found themselves basically um homeless at this point um now, are they more considered hidden homeless they are considered hidden homeless okay. yeah. um and but but either way you know it's not always that that's not a comfortable situation right because the people that you stay with again i've been i've been that person right the people that you stay with they open the doors for a hot second you well, know it's not unlimited and 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 while you're there you know, they do everything to tell, but tell you that they don't want you there anymore. And right? then abuse can start. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, um, so I have, I have two questions, three questions. So one, 
Um, and if you can't name them, that's fine. But do you work with brother or sister organizations? Because one thing that I mentioned, I take a bit of offense to it, I must say, right? Okay. Let me just put this clear. I take a little bit of offense to it. You only help residents in Dorchester, is that right? No, we're all around Massachusetts and hopefully trying to expand throughout New England. We have one client right now in uh, Rhode Island. I read that, I thought. I read it somewhere. I read something Dorchester and I felt the way because I'm from Roxbury, the home of the gods. So like, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's okay. where our that's where our mail goes. That's okay. where our kind of location is. But we we work with families. We even have a client that's in um, Florida right now. Florida. Yeah, yeah. Because if you look at HUD, HUD is world. HUD is U.S. related, mm -hmm. and so mm -hmm. homelessness is U.S. related worldwide, pretty much. But you know, we utilize those same resources that we use here in Massachusetts and other states as well. Okay. All right. So I feel better now because, you know, <laughs> I, had, I had the Roxbury bias. All right. So that's that's one. I wanted to have you just speak to briefly on um, the program that I read about. That's the savings for kids where, you know, you match dollar for dollar, whatever they save. Because I think that's unique and super dope. Absolutely. So we start in the shelters, something as small as a milk carton. We encourage the kids to find a penny, find a coin, and it's called every penny counts. Because um, when I was in the shelter, I saved coins and I saved $3,000. Now that's nothing for first, last and security, right? When you're moving out of shelter and into stable housing. So we encourage the families to save their coins. And so we have the, this big check that as they save their coins, and sometimes over a course of six months when we're doing these workshops in the shelters, it might not accumulate to thousands of dollars, but we start small so that the children can learn how to save. My kids have savings and they have like a little jar that says save, spend and share. And so it's broken into um, different um, compartments where they save their money in that compartment. Those are comp compartments and then they can use the share. They can use the spend to go and buy something once a month. Um, and then at the end of six months, family movement matches them. Now for our homeowners, we encourage them to save 5,000. They can save more than that. And we match them $5,000 when they're ready to close. Wow. Let me ask you though. So wow. with that, well, one, that's, that's, that's pretty dope. Um, and you. for the homeowners who have, um, um, like the Martin family, who was a part of Compass, mm -hmm. right? Um, who have money that is in escrow. Yep. Is it, are you are you matching that escrow or are you just yep. matching? Absolutely. Mm. Yep, it's a stackable savings. And so we encourage our families to um, enroll in Maha while they're enrolled in H2H because the more money that they save, the more monies that they're building in escrow through um, the Maha, the Stash program, uh, through Compass, um, the escrow program, that's more money. Like, why not tap into the programs that you can? And family movement. Um, you know, we like to be a part of the closing and the down payment assistance, but 
now we're seeing that we want to start tapping into the reserves because when mm -hmm. something goes wrong with the home, um, you know, one year, two years later, we have our first family who purchased is reaching two years on February 22nd. Um, she purchased in 2022. So it was two, 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 22. And so she's approaching um, her, her second year. And so the barriers for home ownership for our families is taxes, water mm -hmm. bills. They never had to pay those things, you know. Mm -hmm. And so those are things that, you know, we're now looking into helping our families that um, purchase. And you are working with, and I don't, well, you don't have to share so much, but have you had conversations with um, Chief Dillon? In the mayor's office, do you have a relationship? Oh, already? Yes. Yep. So oh. we have we sat down with them in 2019. And the reason why I know this is because we're now scheduling another meeting with them. Um, because in 2019, we didn't have our home ownership. We we had the vision, um, but we didn't have any success stories behind it. So now we have success stories behind it. And most recently, I don't know if I should be sharing this, my board might kill me. But um, it's going to come out and we are going to be doing a capital campaign because we were awarded to build condos. So keep family, listen out for follow family movement, be a part of this, this next monumental moment, not just for us, but for the community. And it's in the Grove Hall area. That's where I'm from. That's where I grew up. And, you know, and so that's oh, where the lot in the building will be. Wow. So that's a so that I almost want to leave that there because I feel like that's a perfect way to yeah. close. But I am who I am. So <laughs> watch your mouth, yo. Um, so my question to you is because yes, you have the successes and you have different the different things, but the reality is, you know, you can't help everyone. Right. So whether someone comes to you and you can't help them for some reason, whether you want so much for this person, similar to our kids, you want so much for this person, mm -hmm. <clears throat> they don't see it in themselves and they drop out or they stop answering your phone calls. Like, how do you, Lakenya, deal with your own self-care and your own kind of disconnect, your own, you know, spa day or whatever? How do you what do you do for that? How do you oh, feel yourself back up? Oh, I'm very intentional. Very intentional about my self-care. I am in service. I go to church. That's where I get my most feeling from. Um, I do spa days with my husband. We're very intentional about, you know, quarterly uh, massages and uh, spa time um, with my best friend, my sisters. Yeah. So I'm very intentional about my self-care. I cannot... Um, serve from an empty cup. I have learned that. Um, but anyone who starts a nonprofit might not know that they might like, okay, I have to keep doing this. And in the beginning I was, but now, nope, I work nine to five, nine to, I mean, uh, Monday through Friday, anytime after that, send me an email. If there is urgent, the homeless coordinator line is 24 hours. So we do utilize our partners um, for services like that. Stonehouse has a 24 hour line and they are our domestic partner um, 
partnership. Um, so we do, you, we cannot do this on our own, which is why we are a huge collaborator and we are all about impact. Um, so yes. So, so now, you know, do you take like, you know, 10, 11 day trips for your self-care and stuff Absolutely. like that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh we just came back from Florida, Christmas, right. New Year's. No, no, no. Wait, 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 wait. You heard that? We. She went with her family. That's nice. You don't go on your own. You don't go like, you know, rogue and go for 10, 11 days to it's like Aruba. Rogue. It's not rogue. Maybe I'll get there one day, but I have a young one who's nine. And so he's very clingy to his mom. So maybe I'll get there one day. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she can I don't have a nine. She can tell you all about it. You know. Any anyway, I digress. I just have a hating husband. <laughs> All right, guys. So I love it. Um, so I want to. So I'm gonna send you. Um, I'm gonna send you a message now offline because I want to um, make sure you are connected with with someone. Um, and thank you so so much for explaining and sharing. And shout out to Tasha for the connection. Um, yes. you know, I I think intentionality is important, and it's just mm -hmm. funny how the connections are even here, even with the mister and just, it's just, Boston's weird. Um, yes. It's beautiful, but it's very weird. So anyway. Small. Um, do you have any final um, things that you want to say and just kind of your socials and calendars, any of that type of stuff you want to share before mm -hmm. we end it? Absolutely. So um, definitely can find us online, www.familymovement.com. We're on Instagram. We're on uh, Facebook faithfully. We do newsletters, um, monthly newsletters. So please subscribe to that. We do a brunch, community brunch that will be held at the Do It Center, uh, date to follow, um, which is open for the community to come. And we rent out the whole building that everything that you need to succeed, um, financial workshop, um, health, wellness, everything. Um, and then most importantly, thank you guys. Thank you guys for um, the opportunity to be a part of this podcast and connections. If anyone knows um, any resources that can help us, send them my way, info at familymovement.com. It'll come to my team and then it'll flow over to me. Okay. Yeah. Thank you so much, Kenya, and have a nice thank night. You. All right. And I'm yeah. going to see if she can help me in some self-care. <clears throat> anyway. Yeah, do it. <laughs> All right. Good night. All right. Good night. Good night. So thank you, everyone, for tuning in. This has been a live edition of Wedlocked and Loaded, Loaded Movement. And shout out to LaKenya. Shout out to the Martin family for taking the time to be with us. Again, whenever we do lives, um, it's very, very important that we are not just kind of wasting time. Mm -hmm. um, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for popping in now. However you, however long you stayed, thank you so much. Yeah, uh, means everything to us. And you know, New Year, we're gonna be a little more. You know, yeah. Um, hopefully you were able to receive some important information, some, some useful information, um, be it for yourself or for friends and or family members. 
Um, if you know anyone that is dealing with um, any homeless, any families specifically that are dealing with any homelessness issues, um, do not be afraid to um, utilize family move. Reach out to family. Blah, blah, blah. Reach out to family movement. Come on, Leah. She's anyway, crazy. reach out to family movement and um, tap into those resources. All right. Okay. Thank you, guys. Love, you. like, be blessed. Be kind to each other. We're locked and loaded out. We're, we're locked and loaded. We're locked and loaded. We're, we're, we're locked and loaded.